Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself continue our discussion on Article 6 of the Augsburg Confession, looking at the Old Testament passage found in the prophet Micah. Welcome to the Being Lutheran podcast. I'm Pastor Brett Bow, joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Brian Rickey. And I should, I always, when I listen to this afterwards, I'm always blessed by your intro music too. And I feel like we should Rocking be, out. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> so that's funny. In, in in our two years, three, almost three years, October, Reformation Day, October, I think is when really? we, when we, we launched the, the podcast, but it'll be three years of podcasting. How appropriate wow. is that? Uh, wow. In a month. Uh, we've only ever received one complaint about the theme music. Really? And it was I don't think I knew that. It was on an obscure podcast hosting site <laughs> that I never even signed up for. Oh wow. It was like Podbean or something like what that. Was the, what was the um the I found it when I was searching for to see if anyone was referring to us on like blogs and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Uh and uh, there's a comment left on the reviews for the podcast, and it was like, you guys need to do something about that atrocious theme music. Couldn't you at least have Bach or someone be the theme music? <laughs> and, uh, and that was the whole review of our entire podcast, is that the theme music completely ruined it for this guy. But I love it. Yeah, so. I do too. Mm-hmm. Cool. I like the the dirty bluesy sound to it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's got an edge to it, and yeah, I like it. Yeah, no, it's it's us. It kind of yeah. is. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I mean, you know, I would say that most of us are, well, maybe not me, but you two are definitely more mild mannered. You know, and I'm kind of out there. That's my personality. But it, it really actually mild mannered that, before. That's I think somebody has now. <laughs> I think what it does do is it, it expresses our passion. For the mm-hmm. gospel of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, not that it's dirty and raw, but there is a rawness mm-hmm. to the gospel, especially when you're examining yourself. Yeah. And um, kind of that scandalous grace yeah, idea, yeah. yeah. So, well, it's to toot our own horn or to toot the Lutheran horn just a little bit. That's really Lutheran theology. It's mm-hmm. raw, right? Yeah. It's, it's what we were talking about in a previous episode. Is it that authentic. Yeah, awesome. No, no, no. We're not going to use that word that way. We I know. Have just, a buzzer we need to site. redeem that yeah. word because it is a good word. It's just been used so atrociously lately. Yes. It, Sorry to derail. Yeah. Yep. Any good theologian, regardless of denomination, should be committed to being a truth teller. And we are Lutherans because we believe Lutherans tell the truth better than any other system, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's because Lutheran theology takes Scripture as far as it will go, and then it is intended to stop when Scripture stops. Mm-hmm. And it's it's we we don't feel that we've inverted the process by making scripture fit into this logical reason out system, and and you know of course if you're from a different tradition you're going to think the same sort of thing about your tradition but it's this mm-hmm. yeah it's it's exactly why I like Lutheran theology yeah because it it'll pick you up and smack you around a little bit yeah. it doesn't let you get away with stuff. <laughs> well, I guess we could have responded to I that person by saying. Judge not lest you be judged. Yeah. Well, yeah. But the weird thing <laughs> Sorry. is no, but the weird thing is I had no way of responding to the comment because oh, we okay. hadn't signed up for it. You Just know? the oh. fact that we've only had one person is yeah. kind of it was amazing, like a, really. Right? Yeah. It was like a it was like a like a Yelp review. I didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, get over it. Oh. Yes. Well, we should 
talk about what we're talk talking about, about Jesus today. Talk about Jesus. Yep. A little bit about the Jesus. Bible. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about the B-I-B-L-E. All so right. It's going to be a rare one of our Bible studies. Normally, we try to pick a passage, but mm-hmm. in this case... Just one verse. Just one verse, and mm-hmm. normally not a fan of doing this, but there's some specific reasons for using this one mm-hmm. verse. So yep. we're going to be in the book of Micah. Yes, Micah 6, 8. And for those of you, this is the inside AFLC baseball. Uh. <laughs> if you grew up at a Bible camp... Uh, uh, next to a campfire, uh, we apologize for getting this tune stuck in your head. <laughs> we were just singing. Jason yeah, yeah. and I were singing, and Brian was cringing was, like Simon Cowell. He from, wasn't. He wasn't cringing. Yeah. He was I more cringing. Was writhing like, on the floor in agony. <laughs> no, it wasn't that bad. Uh, all right. Well, I'll read the passage or verse, I should say. Uh, Micah six eight. He has told you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Here ends the scripture reading. Amen. Amen. It is hard to read that without singing the song. <laughs> it's really it. hard. Come on, guys. Come on, Brett. Show me no, what you got. No, 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 no. <laughs> you already talked about it. You can't oh. just leave him hanging like that. I shouldn't do that. No. Sorry. Yeah. I, I think it's copyrighted. We shouldn't. Let's yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Good way to Good, get out, get of, that out of that. No, but I will say this. Uh, in all fairness, we're not going to gonna people, do it in a round. <laughs> no, we're not. Uh, as much as we make fun of praise choruses yeah, and things, right. I have zero problem with putting scripture verses to music. Oh, yeah, like, definitely. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yep. More and more of that needs to be done. The, this isn't mm-hmm. us complaining about a praise song. It's us being self-conscious about not being able to sing. Yes. A- amen. <laughs> amen. So. So Micah 6, 8, a while back, and I was trying to remember the context, I no longer have access to the article. I think it was a newsletter article mm-hmm. on internship. I wrote an article talking about how Micah 6, 8 is the Bible verse that will make people think you can eliminate Jesus from Christianity the most. Hmm. Hmm. And it's it, it's so succinct mm-hmm. yeah. in creating the illusion that it's eliminated the gospel from the Christian life, mm-hmm. right? Which is precisely what it's not doing, mm-hmm. but that's why we're using it. We want to talk about how the law interacts with the gospel, and we t- want to talk about a life of good works. But listen to it again. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but mm-hmm. to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Yep. yep. And, and I can't tell you, how many Christians I've run into who said this is the theme verse of their faith. Hmm. You know, remember hmm. uh, when Brett and I were at Bible school mm-hmm. 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, not that long, but it is that long ago, we were required for graduation to pick a theme mm-hmm. verse for your time. Or I think it was every year for the yearbook, you hmm. had to pick a verse that put was put under your name. I don't remember that. I would guarantee yeah. you multiple times. Mm-hmm. This verse would be listed. Yeah, Micah six eight. And, yeah. and it's kind of poetic, you know, poetic sounding. It's, it's like, poetic. Yeah, it's succinct. It talks about real life issues, and I would imagine that if we looked hard enough, especially with the turmoil we're living in right yeah, now in twenty twenty, yeah. the issues of justice, love, kindness, and humility mm-hmm. are are things all Christians are preoccupied with, and we should have on the brain. Mm-hmm. But we ought to approach this verse as if it is not eliminating Christ from Christianity. Mm-hmm. And this is the perfect opportunity for us to be talking about how good works mm-hmm. play themselves out in the life of a Christian under the cross mm-hmm. in light of the gospel. Yes. Yeah. And I think that this verse in particular has a way of directing those good works to our neighbors. Yes. Uh, 
And, you know, we talk about that in vocation that, you know, God doesn't need your good works, but your neighbor does. And here it gives pretty clear ways to direct that to your neighbor, justice, uh, loving kindness, and walking humbly with your God in the process of that. Yep. So, I mean, I think we can actually, as much as it makes me cringe, break this down <laughs> yeah. formulaically. Sure. Just go step by step to talk about how this plays itself out in the paradigm of Lutheran theology. Mm-hmm. So from the get-go, this is law. Mm-hmm. This is telling us what we must do. So, yeah. I mean, even if we just open the catechism, Micah 6, 8 falls as part of the law. Okay, so we, we, we break it down this way. The three uses of the law are as a curb, as a mirror, and a guide. So this gives us boundary. Well, justice is a good boundary to live under, uh, to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. You, you quite literally got both tables of the law mm-hmm. governing how our relationship with God is lived out in humility, governing how our relationship with our neighbor is lived out in justice. This is a law passage, but what does the law always do? Always accuses us. Yeah, Lex yeah. semper accusa, right? Yeah. So if the law always accuses, what is Micah 6 eight accusing us of doing? Well, of not um, doing justice, of not loving kindness, mm-hmm. of not humbly walking with our God. Yeah. Right, yeah. exactly. You just you, you, All you have to do is invert it. And, yeah. and if you want biblical evidence for how this plays itself out in the life of the people of God, not loving justice, that's the book of Amos. Mm-hmm. Case study, look at the Israelites. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> they say, look at the Israelites, and oh, by the way, we are the Israelites in our sin. Well, mm-hmm. I think something that's worth bringing into is the, the Hebrew word for justice mm-hmm. here, Mizpah, or how exactly how you'd want to say that. I'm probably butchering the pronunciation of it. It's used by Isaiah to sure. describe the atoning sacrifice of Christ. Well, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and that's where we would move from the law to the gospel. Yeah. But we, you know, we look at it, uh, so, I mean, we really want to break it down specifically from Ten Commandments perspective to do justice. That's the second table of the law, Commandments 4 through 10. Uh, to walk, uh, to love kindness, that's the center of that table, Commandment mm-hmm. 8 on your... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, the, your neighbor's reputation, and then to walk humbly with your God, that's the first table. So yeah. the entire law is in view here, okay? Yeah. Then what what Brian said is this is a description of who Christ is for us right. yep. in redemption, right? Yep. So, and, and you brought up redemption, and I know we're just looking at this one verse, but even in the context of this, Verse 4, he says, For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. Um, he's touching on the redemption, that it, Old Testament redemption, that connects to the New Testament redemption. Yep. The, uh, the Exodus being the paradigm par yes. excellence yep. of yep. redemption. And the fact that Israel had nothing to do mm-hmm. <laughs> with that and that God, yeah. it was only his work right. and his power. But even the rhetorical question in verse 6 how do we come before the Lord? How mm-hmm. can we, mm-hmm. you know, come before the Lord? And that's that's kind of part of that question. It's mm-hmm. like, what what can we bring to the table to grant an audience before God? And really, it's nothing. No, we bring nothing to the table. And, and, and you get the dual aspects of Christ's obedience mm-hmm. in Micah 6. Mm-hmm. We, we've talked about the passive obedience of Christ and the active obedience. Christ actively did justice. He did mm-hmm. what was just mm-hmm. as he lived on earth. Christ 
actively loved mm-hmm. kindness. That, yep. That's who Christ was. Christ actively walked humbly before God. Mm-hmm. Christ, all he ever did was point to the Father, mm-hmm. not to himself. So that's Christ's active obedience. Christ's passive obedience mm-hmm. means that when he dies in our place, he takes all of our injustice, all of yep. our lack of kindness, all of our pride mm-hmm. and self-aggrandizement, he takes that with him to the cross, and now standing before God, we are just. Mm-hmm. We do love kindness. We do walk humbly with God. Our fellowship with God has been restored. Mm-hmm. And so this is a gospel image of who Christ is for us, okay? Mm-hmm. So there's that law gospel tension, yep. that law gospel reality. Now we move to the life of a Christian, mm-hmm. and again, as Christians, what is Micah 6, 8 telling us? Mm-hmm telling us to, Brian, do you want to do it again? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I was actually reading further on in the text. I'm I'm just being honest here, and I was caught off guard. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. Not paying attention to our own I I wasn't, no. (laughs) Because there's so much sweet gospel toward the end, you know, in in, um, chapter 7, verses 7 through 9, there's so much gospel there where we were looking to the Lord and we're, we're, we're looking at our insufficiency and just... You know, the fact that sacrifice is talked about in even verse seven, mm-hmm. you know, and how that sacrifice points forward to Christ. And and so I'm not exactly sure what you're looking for as for an well, answer. But number one, what I see in there because of the context of the chapter is number one, I have no way of gaining an audience before the Father without his grace and mercy. I am absolutely, totally, entirely dependent upon his grace and mercy because I love the confession that follows. I have sinned. I will mm-hmm. stand before the Lord. I humble myself. I do I do this in a way that is so dependent upon God's grace and mercy that that is my only hope. Yeah. And it's in, in light of that, when we stand before God as his children— He's telling us as Christians we need to do justice. He's yeah. telling us as Christians we need to love kindness. He's ta- telling us as Christians we need to walk humbly with God. It's, it's laid out there for mm-hmm. us literally again with with a couple of distinctions now that we, we approach mm-hmm. this from a Christian thing. First thing we would note is that God has to tell us that this is what he wants us to do, which means these good works aren't spontaneously showing up in our lives. Mm-hmm. He's telling us this is how... I want you to live your Christian life. The second thing is, as we live our lives as Christians, this happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we should see that we're doing justice. Mm -hmm. We should see that we're loving kindness. We should see that we're humbly walking with God. It's not going to be perfect. And and often, depending on our conviction of sin or Mm -hmm. where we're at, we we might think it's not happening at all. Mm -hmm. But it does. We we, we get better at it. We improve Mm -hmm. at it. And it is guiding us the law is is showing us especially Mm -hmm. in light of what brett brought up because Mm -hmm. it's the law was given to an already redeemed people Mm -hmm. Uh, the the law is now showing us how we worship god Mm -hmm. in the midst of his grace and in the midst of his salvation and redemption yep so it it makes for a perfect god it it makes for a great mission statement for a christian to live their lives how you know for all of those people who have wondered, I want to know what God's will for my life is, mm-hmm. guess what? He wants you to do justice and love kindness and walk humbly with your God. That's it's what that God's... specific w- enough. It's, yeah. it's very <laughs> generic, again, yeah. because vocation... Yes. There we go. Vocation. Vocation <laughs> defines what our good works look like. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. The nature of that our good works... gives us the, yeah, the nitty-gritty... Gives us the yep. boundary. The nature of our good works are justice, mm-hmm. kindness... Yep. 
and humility mm-hmm. before God. But that looks different for a husband than it does for a boss. Yeah. That looks different for mm-hmm. a uh, a school teacher than it does for a pastor. And I think mm-hmm. that God wants us to ask that question. It's like, what does justice look like in my home yeah, as a spouse? Right. What yeah. does justice look like in my home as a dad, mm-hmm. as a mom? What does justice look yeah. like toward my neighbor? Yep. You know, and all of those things. But But in that context, it's all given to a people already redeemed Mm -hmm. because of God's grace and mercy. And I think that if we can keep that in the forefront of our mind and kind of maintain that that delicate balance of knowing that it is God alone who saved us, Mm -hmm. and yet as an act of worship, we then respond in the power of his grace to do justice, to walk humbly before our Lord, not because we have to, but because we get to, Mm -hmm. and hopefully because we want to. Mm -hmm. Well, and in... In this, there is a place for us as Christians to to wade into some pretty treacherous waters here mm-hmm. and, and have something to say about our present time. I was just going to say, you know, I, I've been preaching through Ecclesiastes and <laughs> justice. That's not the, relevant at all for what we're going through. <laughs> well, like, well, the word justice has popped up yep. quite often, and it's hard not to think directly to, you know, the, the cries for justice in our our day. And I think it's interesting. We can, there's a cry in our culture for justice and to do better. And yeah. it's interesting the way that they're talking is gospelless. And well, gospelless justice doesn't end up being justice. Right. Yep. Uh, and, and, and we we would remember almost all the time when speaking of God's characteristic, justice is paired with God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Always they come. As a, as a pair, God's yep, righteousness and his mercy, mercy or justice yep. and his mercy. But but as Christians, and again, we're talking about third function of the law, we're talking yep. about law mm-hmm. in the life of a believer, I think we can wade into the conversations about justice right now, mm-hmm. but what we need to be very adamant about, very gentle with, but mm-hmm. still very strong on, yep. is we are not permitted as Christians to talk about injustice as a structural issue. Mm-hmm. It's a vocational issue. Mm-hmm. It is not a structural issue. And, and, and we, we want to walk away from that because of the, the political mm-hmm. powder keg loaded with that. If, if we endorse a system of confessing sins we don't necessarily believe we've specifically committed, mm-hmm. we completely neuter the gospel. Mm-hmm. If we're a part of that saying, hi, my name is Jason and I'm a racist and I've benefited from racism, mm-hmm. that undermines the power of the absolution. Hmm. Okay? Now, at the same time, there's this tension. Because of original sin, it is quite likely that at times we have been racist. Mm-hmm. It's it's we are always going to put ourselves before our neighbor. We're mm-hmm. always going to seek our own advantage over our neighbor. But that doesn't make us saying that everything I'm doing because I am a white American male in his 40s has been a product of racism in my life. Mm-hmm. The Bible does not condone confessing sins you haven't committed for the sake of making someone else feel better. Mm. The Bible promotes reconciliation. Mm -hmm. The Bible promotes absolution. And so when we're looking for justice, what we're doing is we're looking for our disadvantaged neighbor to pick them up and to protect them. And so like if you read through Amos, the injustice Mm -hmm. of Amos is that the poor were being oppressed and exploited by the elites. Mm -hmm. And, And what it calls for is not a French Revolution slaughtering of the aristocrats. Mm-hmm. It calls for, let's have a fair economy. 
where, where mm-hmm. people, you know, get wages for the crops that they grow. And, and let's have an equal religious system where mm-hmm. we don't favor the rulers so that the priests get, you know, things like that. That's what it's talking about with justice. Mm-hmm. And that's where Christians can have a very distinct voice because we import the idea of the gospel into justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We import the idea of forgiveness instead of cancel culture. Yeah. Uh, into justice. We import the idea of reconciliation rather than segregation Mm -hmm. into the concept of justice. Mm -hmm. And then from our justice flows kindness. Hmm. Again, kindness. That's that's so refreshing. (laughs) Kindness, not cowardice. Mm -hmm. Kindness, not not kowtowing to an agenda. Mm -hmm. And then from that kindness flows humility before God. And that, I think it's just an excellent functional definition of what vocation looks like. Mm -hmm. It's humility before God. God has given me this neighbor to serve. That's what I'm going to do because I have nothing else to do. And again, it's just all resting in Christ, abiding in Christ, and just understanding uh, where that freedom comes from. And I think that the gospel is such a, a wonderful thing to just keep in the forefront of our mind when we get to do these things, you know, and, mm-hmm. but also understanding what you said. And I, I really appreciated that, especially in the context of our society and what's mm-hmm. going on around us. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's hard to, you can't really say things with nuance on Twitter and, and <laughs> if you say anything too long on social, on, on Facebook, no one's going to read it if the post is beyond two sentences yeah, long anyway. Right. Yep. But but I really think Christians should, one, be speaking more about justice issues, mm-hmm. and two, we should be very adamant when we speak that we maintain a definition of justice that is consistent with biblical truth and not consistent with the zeitgeist of the age. Right. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, and, and confessing sins that we haven't committed and identifying a structure as a problem instead of an individual as a problem, mm-hmm. you're not going to end up with justice. Mm-hmm. You're going to be creating a problem that isn't there just to fix it with a bad solution. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do that. And the last thing we want to do to tie this together is the third use of the law, mm-hmm. the third function of the law where it's guiding us, yep. is still ultimately going to be accusing of us of not doing this well enough. Yes. So yep. we can be improving at justice. We can be dedicating ourselves to being mm-hmm. kind. We can we can yep. be consciously aware of walking humbly before God. But you, as a pious, sincere, well-intentioned Christian, are never going to be doing justice well enough. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be loving kindness fully. Yep. And you're never going to be walking humbly with your God completely, which means mm-hmm. at the end of it, all, what is left for you to do, even as you're doing this, is to repent of your failures, Mm -hmm. to repent of your sins, because the ultimate payoff here, the ultimate intent of Micah 6, 8, is so that you can be comforted by the gospel and Mm -hmm. free to do this. Amen. 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 That's a good place to end here. Brian, do you have a a verse? Do. Let's turn the corner, go into chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Rejoice not over me, O my enemy, when I fall. I shall rise when I sit in darkness. The Lord will be a light to me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he pleads my case and executes judgment for me. He will bring me out to the light. I shall look upon his vindication. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube. Please join us next week as we wrap up our discussion 
on Article 6 of the Oxford Confession, looking at a New Testament verse on a new obedience. God bless you and have a great week.